Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had your hopes raised up only for them to be tragically dashed on the rocks of disappointment? Maybe you thought you were going to show up this morning and get a flawless lesson in Carol's service or that bubble popped very quickly. Maybe that's been your whole experience this past year. You came in with lots to look forward to and you look back and wonder where all the time went and what went wrong. But even if, even if all your hopes and dreams have come true for you this year, I'm sure you can still feel for Mary in that Bible reading we had a few moments ago from Luke chapter 1. Throughout the service, we started off with the creation of humanity, and we've narrowed this down to a young woman in a no-place town. Mary is happily planning her wedding to her soon-to-be husband, Joseph, when all of a sudden, an angel appears to Mary. He shows up twice in our readings, Gabriel. He's been zooming all around Galilee, being the Oprah of babies. You get a baby, and you get a baby. (laughs) And here the angel shows up. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. Doesn't that sound great at first? Mary's just an ordinary girl living in a sleepy backwater town where nothing ever happens. Yet in heaven, she's well known and loved. The angel tells her, you found favor in the eyes of God. And that God wants to give her a wonderful privilege. And what will that be? What is this great good news Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Great news, you're going to have a baby. When you're not married in a culture where this carries a great stigma, a culture where they stone adulterers to death, they take sexual immorality seriously. I don't want to perpetuate that stigma. The church of all places should be a place of support and comfort for unwed mothers. But how in the world is this a sign of God's favor? And I'm sure we've all not only received some fairly unwelcome presence in our time, um, but nothing can even come close to being as welcome, as unwelcome as the first Christmas present. A perplexing pregnancy that must have felt like anything but good news for the girl who was contentedly dreaming her dreams and planning her future. And yet I want us to see this morning how this seriously unwelcome gift turns out to be the greatest present ever given, not just to Mary, but to you and to me. First and simply, it shows that God loves to do impossible things in our lives. We're accustomed to stories of women giving birth. It's not unusual. I'm told, I looked this up, 400,000 babies are born every day. But none of those 400,000 babies born today will be born to virgins. Not one. Which is why when the angel drops this baby bombshell, Mary has clearly been paying attention in biology class because she interrupts to say, wait a second, how will this be since I'm a virgin? You know, in in my line of work, I oftentimes come across people who'll say to me, well, I'm a skeptical person and I ask a lot of questions. Religious people, they don't ask questions. They just believe everything on blind faith. Well, no one can accuse Mary of accepting this on blind faith here. And there's no one more religious I can think of than Mary. She was not some gullible little girl who didn't know how babies were made. 
She wasn't taken in by fantastical stories, and neither was anybody else who heard this story. They didn't know everything in the ancient world, but they knew where babies came from. That they had figured out. Sometimes Joseph is portrayed as being gullible. Joseph wasn't gullible. He didn't believe it either. At first, we're told that she reacted just like you or I would and was greatly troubled and was trying to figure out what on earth this angel had shown up to tell her. She was doubtful, but she used her reason and she asked questions. And that should be a great encouragement to any of us here this morning who have doubts, shouldn't it? That God welcomes questions. I mean, I look at how the angel answers Mary's question. The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God, for nothing will be impossible with God. There's not even a hint of rebuke from the angel here. He simply tells her what's going to happen. And then says, What's impossible is possible with God. The angel agrees with Mary that virgin births are impossible. They can't happen. They don't happen, but it is going to happen here because the God who created the rules of science, who made things the way they are, is stepping in to change things. He's overriding the laws he set up to do something different, something amazing. The great truth that Luke is bringing us here is that God's favor to Mary will come in a seemingly impossible way because God wants to do impossible things in her life. And one of the great news of Christmas is that God wants to do impossible things in our lives too. Things that we're not capable of pulling off by ourselves. I wonder what unbelievable thing God might do in your life this year. Because God's gifts to us are exactly what we need. God knows us inside and out and his gift to us is exactly what we need. Because it's not just the birth of Mary's child that is amazing, it's his identity as well. Remember what the angel tells Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. In other words, the angel says, it's good news for you to be pregnant, Mary, because your son will be God in human flesh. Come to live with us. This child comes supernaturally from heaven because this child is God himself. This baby boy will grow up to be a man who can heal the sick, calm storms, drive away evil forces, forgive sins, and even raise the dead. And every eyewitness account of his life shows him to be the kindest, most loving human to ever draw breath. People who met him said he spoke the truth about life like he had the very authority of God himself. So much so that in the last 2,000 years, whole cultures around the world have been built on his teaching. And the reason for that is that he isn't just a human being, but he's our creator, and he came to reveal himself to us, come to save us, come to bring us into a relationship with him, our God and King. Now, some presents are unwelcome because they aren't any good, because they're ridiculous. And I thought about coming up with some examples, but then I might hurt somebody's feelings. But some presents are unwelcome because they just don't fit. Other presents are unwelcome, not because they're useless, but because they're insulting, like a gym membership or a can of deodorant. If you got that for somebody, you deserve what you get. Those things are useful, but you don't want them as gifts. But that's the problem with God's gift to us, isn't it? Some people say it's just ridiculous. It's unuseful. 
Others might find it insulting. The angel tells Mary that she's to call her son Jesus, which means God's, God saves. And if he's come to save us, that suggests that there's something wrong with us, something we need saving from. You see, God sent his son to save us from our sin. And that word sin, I know, is often misunderstood in the world. In the Bible, it just means, simply means our rejection of God's rule over us and putting ourselves basically in charge of our own lives for our own purposes. And that sin is what is at the root of all the suffering in the world, ours and others. It's what causes pain. So that's, what's, that's, what sent, that's why God sent his son Jesus to save us because we need saving from that so that we can be forgiven and have him back in his rightful place as our ruler again. Because he hasn't just come to save us, he's also come to reign over us. The angel makes it clear to Mary when she says that Jesus has come to reign on a throne and that his kingdom will never end. In other words, God is sending his son to us to give us the leadership we so badly need. Now, I don't know what you make of that. Maybe you say, oh, come, this is just starting to sound ridiculous. Virgin births and angels and needing to be saved from sin. Or you might think it's insulting to say that you've got to be saved by Jesus and have him as his king. But if it's true, as the angel says to Mary, God's favor, the very best news of all time, came in human flesh. God's come to a broken world and he comes with justice and truth and mercy and forgiveness. He's come to rescue and rule over us because whether we realize it or not, that's what we most need. So let me encourage you, if you haven't done it before, to read one of the historical eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life and check him out for yourself. Ask questions. Use reason. Have an open mind. I believe you'll discover, as I have, that this gift is such good news to us. In Jesus' name, amen.